Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. Join me as we have a real life discussion on how to change your life by changing your thoughts. Remember, question everything, trust yourself, and find your truth. Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. My name is Sloan Fremont, and I'm your host. On this episode, I'm going to tell you the story about the birds in Cage 4. So this is based on a study done with birds that was a way to understand schedules of reinforcement. So what are schedules of reinforcement, and why do the birds in Cage 4 matter? This is an easy illustration to understand our own attachments as adults and how we are how we're reacting to things in our own lives. I have an example that I'm going to share with you about this from my own life that is actually particularly triggering for me. So um, I'm going to share that with you and talk through some of this today because I think you'll find that this to me was a missing piece. There was a missing something with uh, some things in my life. And I, and I feel like that this is uh, could be something that helps you as well. So I'll share that with you uh, this week. And it's, if you're a particularly intuitive person, um, I think this is going to especially help you because you may be using your own intuition against you, which is exactly what I was doing. And I was actually, instead of using that intuition for good, it was actually causing me a ton of pain. So I want to share my thoughts on that as well to help help you really sort through your own patterns and find a breakthrough in an area maybe you're feeling misunderstood. So stay tuned. This is a great discussion. I'm really excited to talk through this with you. Uh, Before I get into that, I just want to remind you, if you haven't been to my website lately to sign up for my newsletter, please do that, sloanfremont.com. On the right-hand side, you'll see the option to sign up for my weekly newsletter. This is just a way for me to stay in touch with you outside of the podcast. I can update you on different things that are going on. Um, So please feel free to do that. The second thing I wanted to remind you of, my course, 33 Days of Magic, is available, 33daysofmagic.com. That's how you can take what you learn from the podcast and apply it in your daily life. I have a 33-day quick and easy practice. I've got the framework all set up for you. Uh, It's very easy to follow, very simple, but also very life-changing. So check that out, 33daysofmagic.com. All right, so let's talk about the birds in cage four. So this story is about... Schedules of reinforcement. And schedules of reinforcement are in psychological terms, and I'm not a psychologist or a therapist, and I definitely don't claim to be one. Um, So you can look this up and and get more detailed information if if you're interested in this. But schedules of reinforcement are rules that control timing and frequency of a reinforcer who delivers... Uh, information or message to a message to the the person and the behavior by the the reinforcer the person doing this is what determines whether a particular behavior will happen again if the behavior will strengthen or if the behavioral if the behavior will will continue so an easy way to think about this is in a parent child relationship okay so if a you know a child is in the store with the parents and the child throws a tantrum, right? Most parents usually refuse to give in, right? They just refuse and and go on. But maybe every once in a while, you know, if if the parent is tired or they're in a hurry or they just simply can't deal with it, they'll give in just to get the child to be quiet. And in doing so, 
you know, the parent often has the mindset, oh, I'll just do it just this once time, this one time, right? I'll just do it once. But from the child's perspective, something like that, like a concession on behalf of the parent is a reinforcer. It encourages that, that tantrum throwing to happen again and again, because the, the reinforcement by the parent, it, they've shown that they will do what the child wants if the child throws a tantrum. So the child continues to throw a fit regularly and wait for the next time that the parent gives in. So the story of the birds in the cages, it was a similar study done where there was four cages of different birds. So the first cage had birds where they were, um, the, they had food that was available all the time. So the food it was just free range food, right? The food was just out, nothing to worry about. And um, those were the birds in cage one. The birds in cage two, they had a little bit of a puzzle to solve before they got their food. So maybe they had to tap the bar, you know, three times before the food came out, or they had to hold the bar for a while to get the food came, to come out. But there was a pattern there that the, the birds understood and they could go do that pattern and get the food whenever they wanted to. The third cage had birds that were, um, fed pretty regularly, but not on a, necessarily a schedule, but it was regular feeding. The poor birds in the fourth cage had no, there was no pattern to it. They were fed sporadically. They were fed, um, you know, on, there was no rhyme or reason to it. And in this study, what they found was that the birds in cage one that had the food all the time, they just ate when they were hungry and stopped when they were full. They just went on. It wasn't a big deal. The birds in cage two, where they had to do the little puzzle, like tap three times or hold it a long time, the birds quickly figured out what that was, and then they did that, and they ate, and they stopped when they were full. The birds in cage three, where they had a little bit sporadic schedule, but they knew after a period of time, once they got into the groove of it and they could see they were getting regular feeding, they were they would eat when they were hungry and stop when they were full. But these birds in cage four, they were... They because they didn't know what was going on, because it was a, a chaotic pattern, right? It was, they didn't know when they were going to get food. What ended up happening was these birds would just fight each other for the food. They would hurry up and eat as, as much as they could. They would get sick and then they would eat more, right? It was this, this chaotic situation for these poor birds because they didn't know when they were going to get their next food. And that caused so much chaos and, and stress amongst them. And so we can look at these, scenarios with these cages. I'm going to talk specifically about relationships in our lives. We can look at these and, and, and also secure attachments, right? When we're in a relationship, having a secure attachment is extremely important. And a secure attachment is, is meaning that, um, I mean, my definition, I'm sure there's a psychological definition, but it's, it's trusting that the person in the, um, in the, that you're in the relationship with, right? <clears throat> you trust their, you feel secure with them. You feel calm. You feel like you understand what's going on, right? There's no surprises most of the time. You 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 have a, a a trustworthy relationship with that person, which is similar to how the the birds in cage one were, right? They got the food. It was there all the time. They didn't really have to think about it. It, it was just it. It's what it was. There was a lot of trust there. But as you go down the line of those scenarios with those different birds, the birds in the last cage, there was no security there, right? There was no calm. It was all chaos and, and confusion because they didn't know what was coming next. So if you're in a secure relationship with someone where you're like the birds in cage one, where you're, you can trust the person and you know what's going on and it's, it's predictable, you're in a more calm and, and steady state where you're not amped up or anxious about what's going to happen. But if you're in a relationship with someone 
that has similar qualities to, to cage four, right? Where it's not secure, where it's not a secure attachment. You don't know what's coming next. You don't know when you're going to hear from the person. You don't know when you're going to see the person. That is extreme, extreme chaos in the making. And I, I want to share an example with you from my own life about this, about cage four, about something I've just recently dealt with. And um, it has to do with, so I've talked about before, most of you know, if you've listened before that my boyfriend is deployed and has been for, it's been about six months now. And so this is chaos in the making, right? Already it's cage four, right? Because we're apart. I, we're on a completely different time schedule. I don't know when I'm going to see, see him next. I don't always know when I'm going to hear from him next. And that's difficult, right? It's difficult and unsettling. And I feel like for, you know, a good period of this time, I've been able to navigate it and I've been able to, um, manage it. And it wasn't, I mean, I, I don't like it. I, I, I don't, I'm not saying that, but I also wasn't living in this, this extreme state of anxiety about the situation. But up until recently, there was, um, you know, over the past couple of weeks, I, I hadn't really heard from him and it felt like something had shifted or something had changed. And the, and this is for me, one of my triggers. I know it is. I know this is a trigger. It's, I, I know it and I'm aware of it. And, um, what I'm going to talk to you about was how I worked through this and how I'm continuing to work through this. So, you know, I'm not hearing from him. I'm, I'm kind of um, like, what's going on? Like, I can see from the app we use for chat that he's checking the app. So it's not like he's not, um, you know, I'm not worried about his safety necessarily. Um, but as I was feeling this, you know, I started feeling this like complete amped up anxious energy. And I'm, it, so I'm asking myself, like, what's really going on here? Like, what's really the deal? And I wrote out, some feeling, you know, some words that described what I was feeling. And some of the words were um, sad. I was sad about it because I, you know, I felt disconnected from him. I was also mad about it because I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why are you ignoring me? Like, I don't, I feel like you're just ignoring and um, you've forgotten about me. Then there was this element of feeling scared. Like I was scared because I wasn't sure what that actually meant or what was happening. But the last part, the last word that I identified for this was something new for me that really stood out to me. And what it was, was I felt stupid. Like I felt stupid because like, I felt like I missed something. And I'm like, wait a minute, I, you know, I'm going back through this in my logical mind. Like, wait a minute, what, what did I miss? There was no, you know, I look back through the messages even to like, like talk myself down from this. Like, wh what did you miss? Like there's, there was nothing presented. There was, there was nothing to miss. And so as I was thinking through this, you know, this what's really going on in, in what's triggering me in this chaos that's happening, right? In this cage four, because that's where I feel like I'm at with this situation in this cage four. You know, I could sense something wasn't right. However, what I had been doing was using that against myself, like my own intuition, instead of using it as a, a clue of like, okay, something isn't right here. What I was doing was using that against myself and thinking that there was something wrong with me, like thinking that I, I did something wrong and I missed the memo. Like I said, like I missed the conversation or I somehow overlooked that and that made me feel stupid. It made me feel like everybody else knew what was going on but me. And looking back after I've talked through this, I, I know that wasn't, I logically know that wasn't true, but the emotional mind, the emotional, you know, side of me was going through that, like, and that was what was screaming the loudest. Like, that was what was causing the anxiety and the, um, 
you know, the feeling of feeling scared in, in all of this. It was, it was, this was an example of it was showing me, um, it was an example to show me that this was how I was using my own intuition against myself. So as I'm thinking through this and I'm, and I'm, you know, talking through it with the person that I was working with on this, you know, the, the question really came down to, is he choosing not to be in touch with me or is it because he can't be in touch with me? Right. Cause there's two totally different sides to that story. And that's kind of where I was, um, you know, going back and forth on, cause sometimes I was like, okay, are you choosing not to be in touch with me? And then I'm pissed off about that. And then I'm also a little like scared, like, um, okay, is this over? And I just don't know about it. Right. Or is it because you can't be in touch with me? And then that's where I like kind of make excuses for him. I feel like, well, you know, he's deployed. He's, you know, we're on such a different time schedule. It's, he's got this crazy schedule, all of this kind of stuff. Right. So, but, but I was doing all of this at my own expense. Right. I, I was doing all of this internally and I was using my own intuition against myself and I didn't miss anything it just it wasn't presented right there was nothing new presented but what was happening was my my um intuition was telling me that and I wasn't quite sure how to process that that's that's another thing I've noticed from this is sometimes I don't fully know how to process my intuition and this was an example of that so again there was nothing that I missed it was just that the, the information wasn't being presented by him. I hadn't, he hadn't talked to me. I hadn't said anything about this. You know, we hadn't really had a chance to, um, to talk. And, and so what happens when that, when we're in those situations like that, where there's a piece of information missing, what we end up doing is making up all of these stories, right? We make up these stories to close that gap. We, we look for information to try to make sense of what's going on. And if we, if we can't find the information and, you know, not being able to find that information in, in this case, like what's going on with him, like that is a threat, right? That, that feels like a threat to, to us. And when our well being feels threatened, then we start to, we need, we need to, we got to fix it, right? We got to solve it. We got to find a way to close that gap or close that loop. So we make up these stories. And what I find my pattern was that I noticed in this was, okay, there's a missing piece to the puzzle, right? I don't know what's going on. I haven't been able to talk to him about this. Um, I blame myself. I think that I missed something or I feel stupid or, you know, whatever. So, in order to close that gap so I don't feel stupid or I don't feel like I missed something, I make up a story. And then I make up a bad story that it's going to be bad or, you know, this or that's going to happen. And so in order to protect myself, I want to flee the situation. I want to um, get out or I want to be the first to leave. And I think this is definitely a way that I use as, as soothing myself, as a way to soothe that anxiety and that fear coming from not knowing the answer, from using my own intuition against me. And then also when I'm making up this terrible and negative story, it's causing me, I want to get away from it, right? I don't want to keep feeling that or experiencing that or thinking of that. So I, 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 I go through this pattern to get myself out of that situation as a form of protection. And so as we were talking about this, you know, and I'm and I'm really thinking through this, and I'm like, but but I don't want to leave the situation. That's not what I want to do. I don't want to constantly be leaving every situation where I feel like this. There's something else going on here. So it's like, okay, I don't have to, I don't have to leave to feel better. 
Right. So that's that's one thing I, I, I learned from this is is I don't have to leave to feel better. Like my gut is telling me something. So instead of using that against myself and making myself feel like I, I did something wrong or that I missed something or that I'm stupid, it's kind of like, uh, no, wait a minute. There's there's something wrong with the situation because I feel this way. Right. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with me. That's a big difference there, right? There's something wrong with the situation, but it doesn't mean there's something wrong with me. And that's how I had been internalizing this, feeling like that there was something wrong with me, like I did something wrong. So in situations like this, when we feel like we've missed something or feel like everybody else knows what's going on, but we don't, oftentimes it's because someone hasn't presented the information. Someone hasn't presented that missing piece. There's not a transparency of what's going on or, um, and it may not be on purpose. In this particular case with him, I've talked with him. I I don't feel like this was done on purpose. Um, We've been able to, you know, talk through this. So it's not, um, I don't believe it was done on purpose. Um, So that's something that, you know, as you If you're in a situation or you're feeling something like this, you know, that's something that only you can be the judge of that. But when there's not a transparency, we tend to take that as our own. We put it on ourselves, right? We we put it on ourselves. But in actuality, there's not something wrong with us. There's not something wrong with you. There's not something wrong with me. There's just a missing piece. And we, we fill in that blank, that missing piece with a fantasy story, right? We write these fantasy stories in our minds and we we get ourselves all worked up or get ourselves wanting to run out the door when we don't have all the information. And (laughs) that can be hard to, to take or hard to even come to terms with sometimes that our own thoughts aren't true. You know, and, and that, that's the part that we're wrong in, in the making up the story and the, the, you know, often assuming the worst the worst. And so when we're in these um, scenarios where we're trying to figure out these missing pieces, we're like those birds in cage four, right? We're, we're in this chaos. It's this crazy making pattern that we go through and we're, we're inflicting this craziness on ourselves and it feels terrible. It's exhausting, right? It's exhausting to go through that. And so we want to get away from it. We want to flee. We want to not have to feel that way anymore or put that kind of pressure on ourselves. And, it's so we do that in you know sometimes in different ways right we want to flee the situation or we want to we maybe we lash out at somebody or maybe whatever that is but we need to find that relief that relief is what we're after we need to know that things are okay and we need to find we want to get back to that the birds in cage one where it's that calming like it's the um there's security there there's calmness there right and So we put ourselves, when we're in this story making, this fantasy story making, we put ourselves through this agony of trying to find this missing piece. We try to come up with it on our own. We try to tell a better story each time, or we try to tell a, a, a... something that that gives us that missing loop that we're looking for. But, you know, if someone is hiding information or someone isn't giving you all the information, or in this case, what I, with him is, we just simply hadn't had the time to have the conversation yet because of scheduling and timing and all that kind of stuff. But if it's, if the, if, if the information isn't there, you can't find it. So this, this searching for it, this looping, this trying to close that gap is all going to be fantasy made up stories that are an attempt to soothe ourselves in the moment. But in the end, um, those are often aren't helpful because there's a missing piece there that needs to be, discussed it needs to be talked about it needs to be um 
it needs to be sorted through outside of our own heads. So depending on the situation, you know, if you're in a coworker situation or if you're in a family member or, you know, whatever the case is, it needs to be communicated about. And I think coming to this realization and, and understanding that um, it's not me, right? Me, yeah, I noticed a change with him. I noticed I wasn't hearing very much from him. And I was having a hard time understanding that. Uh, but in that, that wasn't that I did something wrong. I'm not stupid. I didn't miss the memo. I simply didn't have all the information. And when we don't have all the information, we make up stories. And the stories I made up were making me feel that scared and angry and, um, you know, like I missed something and there's, there was nothing to miss because it wasn't there. So if this is something you have going on in your life, if you, if you're in a situation where maybe something isn't right, maybe something is feeling different and you can't quite put your finger on it, you know, a good question to ask is, is there something missing? Is, am I missing a piece of information that I'm making up with um, other stories or I'm making up by, uh, you know, trying to reinforce something that I don't actually know to be true, right? Because that part of our gut that's telling us something isn't right, that there's something different, that part of our gut needs to be listened to. We need to listen to it and hear it. But we, we, we can't punish ourselves for it, right? We can't punish ourselves into thinking that because I feel this in my gut that something is off or missing, that something is wrong with me because I feel that way. Because that's not, right? There's nothing wrong with you. That, that part of our gut needs to be listened to and heard. So there's nothing wrong with you, but there is something wrong with the situation. And, and that's your clue. That's your clue to investigate that a little more, to communicate more about it, to dig into it, and also not to believe the fantasy stories that you're making up about it until you've had the ability or the time to do this. So I found this for me to be this thinking about these in this, these birds in the cage um, and understanding the, the reinforcement, the... Um, schedules of reinforcement and really understanding those attachment styles, like understanding that going from that calm stage to the, the chaotic, uh, it kind of helped me box my own situation out to understand where it fit in the spectrum and what I could actually do about it. Because when we're in it, when we're really like deep down in it, right, we can't see it. It's too, there's too much emotion there that's getting in the way. There's too much um, blocking our ability to see it. So that's why, talking it out with the other person, or if you need to talk it out with somebody else beforehand, or even write it out, right? That, that helps to get those thoughts out and it gets the, it gets, lets the emotion have its time. It gives the emotion its, uh, its recognition, which is what's needed, but it doesn't let the emotion run the show in, in a way that may be regretful later. So that's the story of the birds in cage four. That's, that's a, story and an example from my own life and, and how I really understood that I'm no longer going to use my intuition against myself. I'm going to start to pay attention to that and ask questions around that and ask what's missing, ask what's different and be able to explore it from that perspective rather than exploring it from how I had been previously of exploring it from, you know, the sadness or the fear or the anger and then going through my normal process of, you know, searching for this missing answer on my own and then making up a story and then wanting to flee the situation in order to find relief. So I hope this has been helpful for you um, as well as it was for me.
So that's it for this week on our topic of the birds in cage four. I would love to know your thoughts. If you have questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to me, Sloan Fremont at pm.com. You can also find the links to all my social media, to my website, and um, pretty much everywhere else to get in touch with me. You can find that in the show notes. All right. So until next week, remember, question everything, trust yourself, and find your truth. 